Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Tucker here on the Full Time Out. It's season three here. Uh, Kevin Tucker, your host, always with uh, also Nick Stavis. Yep. We have a great season for you guys this year. Episode one here of season three. Pilot. Nick brought in Cooper Silvius and Eli Bales, a couple of Glenwood Ram football players. We talk about that, and football is back here on the Full Time Out. It is. As always, kick up your feet, turn up the speaks, it's full time out, let's go. Alright folks, we're here on the full time out, new season. Uh, we're going to start it off this year with a couple football players from Glenwood High School. Today we have uh, Eli Bells, a linebacker for the Glenwood Rams, and Cooper Silvius, a running back. For the Glenwood Rams. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, how, how's it been going? Well, I'd say practice so far has been pretty good. We uh, new practice format we have this year. We're not doing both sides of the ball. Mostly just doing one side for the offense guys, one side for the defensive guys. So, there's no practice time wasted. I'd say. I think that practice schedule helps out a lot. Uh, it kind of gets everyone zoned in on their one job, and it. Uh, kind of makes everything a lot more efficient. People get a lot better at the one side of the ball they're playing. We're not trying to have a lot of people play both ways this year anymore, just with how many kids we have. So I think practicing one side helps a lot. You think the, you know, the best thing going on about that is number of kids out for the sport. Um, I, I can remember back when I was in high school, I, I didn't play football, but I, I could see who played You know, and on the sideline. There was not as many guys as I see now. Do you guys contribute uh, the numbers of the reason why you can only play or you have the ability to only play one side or what? Uh, I would say so because, I mean, we have numbers, I say, as like a 4A school for that like, come out for football. And having – and it's nice. If you have a two-way player, there's going to be a two-way player here and there always. But if you can just have one guy play one side of the ball and another guy play another, it's – I say it's a win for us because it's fresh bodies out there every play. So Can you guys talk – I mean, one, one of the biggest things that – I mean, this is Coach Foss – sixth or seventh year, yeah. I think. Uh, and one of the biggest things that he brought to the table that this town hadn't really seen is the off-season work. I mean, you guys are in the weight room all summer, every morning. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about that? I mean, you follow him on Twitter, and every morning, you know, there's 50 kids at each workout. So can you guys talk a little bit about what that did for not only the football program, but Glenwood Athletics as a whole? Uh, I think uh, Coach Foss and Mr. Beeson really put like this whole plan out for every single athlete in our school. And I mean, if you just follow that, it's pretty easy. I mean, you can see lately we've been trending upwards in every single sport. Basketball just won a state championship. Uh, girls tennis was fourth in the state. I mean, everything's just getting better and better. And I think just the off-season work that we do, the weightlifting, everything helps a lot. So uh, you guys both, you know, you start. You both started last year. You know, you were. I'd want to say almost every down you were out there on the field, um, whether it was offense or defense. Um, this is your last go round, you know. And a lot of times, people get really sentimental when they talk about, you know, this might be the last time you guys suit up in pads. So, Eli, I'll start with you. You know, you've played football your entire life, from little Rams all the way up to your senior season. So, what what is this season? mean to you and what what would be successful what would success mean to you to, to go out on? well I say this season means I mean I think this season's the most important season by far we got we lost a lot of guys last year and it's just about kids stepping up and I think everybody can step up and so I just think that 
we put put it all on the line, we can do big things and making. We've made the playoffs three years in a row, so I don't see why not making a fourth. I've been in the playoffs every time we've been in high school. Cooper and I have so. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, but now it's on it's on your guys' shoulders, exactly, and, yeah. and you know that that's different when you know you're you're either standing on the sideline or you're the underclassman and you're making it to the playoffs. I mean, you guys, you know, you guys have never seen a a bad season. Yeah. So you know now it's now it's on you guys, and and you know what what does that mean? To have that and to be the senior leaders on this team, uh, I think a lot of us, uh, a lot of the seniors, kind of we like the pressure. We like uh, having it all on the line out there. So I think, just like you said, everything's resting on our shoulders. I think we'll, we'll step up to the plate. I think we'll definitely uh, be able to kind of lead the team back again. But how much confidence has the last three seasons um, gave not only you guys but a lot of kids? that maybe weren't really going to go out for football, but then they see that success. How I mean, how far does that play with the high school kids right now? Oh, I think it's it's huge because if you start getting successful, more successful each year, more kids are going to come out and more athletes. So I just like Nate Kennedy last year, for instance, I mean, he came out for football and he was a big help to us on the offensive side of the ball. So, and that's just kind of what we need. If we have more success going on, it's, numbers are just going to keep rising and we'll be more successful each year. Talk real quick about the uh, you know changes of this team. Um, I know there's some new coaches in, um, some new offense. Just kind of, you don't have to go too into detail on this stuff, but as far as, you know, what's the difference on the practice field this year compared to the last three years for you guys, and uh, what can Glenwood expect here, this, the changes? Well, I mean, I think Coach Tarks is our new offensive coordinator, and it helps a lot having him uh, just deal with the offense. So then Coach Foss can just be with the defense because Coach Foss is more of a defensive-minded guy. So he doesn't have to run around everywhere. You kind of have two, like, heads of the team almost, and they can kind of work together, and it makes practice way more efficient. Uh, having two big leaders like that, I think, helps a lot for both sides of the ball. And Eli, you know, talk about you're more of the defensive side, Cooper more of the offensive mm-hmm. side. With Coach Faust, you know, really work with the defense. Any changes we can see this year compared to normally, or is it, is it, are the Glenwood fans going to get those, you know, tough, hard-nosed Glenwood kids running kind of the same schemes? Well, yeah, I think well, our schemes kind of change for each game to game. We are we're a different type of team. We're on defense every week, and especially with Coach Deakman coming in, that's a big help. And Coach Woodrow, and Coach Boothy, and Coach Faust all put their heads together and making a defensive schemes pretty pretty nice and we don't have the huge bodies like the Sanders and the right. Wisers and stuff that we had last year so you know we kind of got to fit around that and I think when we fit around that we're going to be pretty good playing kind of a fast tempo defense so yeah and I, I mean that's one of the things that you said um, you know we uh, Kevin and I covering Glenwood football the last two or three years it's kind of been the same cast of characters and, uh, you know, you guys are back, but it seems like, you know, you graduated a lot of good players, a lot of key players. And that's, we talked about that uh, off the air, you know, it's inevitable. You can't avoid the fact that you guys graduated, you know, all-state football players. Yep. Um, but now it's time, you know, and, I, and I'm asking you guys, you know, it's been the same cast of characters the last couple of years. It's a whole new fresh idea. It's a whole new fresh lineup. So how do you guys plan to approach that this season? Not only, and we'll get to the schedule later, but not only with a new lineup, but with a new schedule. You know, I think, well, we have seven people that are returning that started last year. So we have a lot of new, fresh kids, a lot of young kids. Uh, but I think 
you know, watching them practice. A lot of those kids have been working all off season. They've really been grinding out in the weight room and everything. So I think that even without with their uh, inexperience, I think they'll still be able to perform on Friday night. Yeah, I just think that on the JV level, they've been undefeated for two seasons straight. So, I mean, they know what it's like to win, mm-hmm. and they want to keep winning. So it's just experience. I mean, they're not they're all juniors, and you've got a couple sophomores out there that start too, but it, once I think you get them on that football field and they taste what Friday night's actually like, mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole new world for them. Uh, I, let's, you know, dive into the schedule now. Um Nick and I have, you know, looked at it quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, went through teams' win-loss records uh, the last couple of years. Um, you know, for the fans out there, you know, just quickly, you got Lewis Central on the schedule. You guys have a good opportunity to go against a great team and a great quarterback and uh, senior Max Duggan, who's going to go play for the Horn Frogs down in TCU. Um, you have Carol Kemper on the schedule this year. They have one of the best uh, in class or in-state defensive ends uh, for the class of 2020. Um, so you know, we also have uh, Bishop Ewan, uh on the schedule. Yeah, uh, te- teams we we haven't seen no. in the last you know four or five years. I mean, you got I don't even know how long it's been since Longwood played a game. Yeah. You know, so but like what what does that opportunity give you guys? Does that bring you guys excitement and, or you know, or is it kind of a chance to prove you guys and yourselves uh, for this year? I I think it's huge because with that new playoff format that we have, you have to play tough teams. And when you play the hardest teams, you're going to get more respect. And you beat those hard teams, you just get more respect to get a higher seed in the playoff, host a playoff game. And I think it's a huge opportunity to even get Glimwood's name more out there. I mean, we had a dome run a couple years yeah. back, so I don't see why we couldn't make another. And I, and I look at this – this is a, just kind of a diagram from the state, and obviously the listeners can't see this, but um, it kind of puts together tiers of teams. There's Tier 1 teams, Tier 2 teams, and Tier 3 teams. Tier 1 teams is 20-plus wins over the last three seasons. Tier 2 is 10-plus wins over the last three seasons. And Tier 3 is 9 or less wins over the last three seasons. Glenwood is one of only two teams in the entire state where their four non-district games are three-tier team, three tier teams. Tier 3 teams. So... The hardest non-district schedule in the state. I, I think it's fair to say that. Um, so how do you guys, you know, approach that as, is it more, oh man, we have to play hard teams or, oh, we're going to go get this challenge? Uh, I don't know. I think we're everyone's really excited to play these uh, these higher level teams. You know, our past, uh, we've always had hard run against TJ and stuff, but these teams I think are a whole different level than AL and TJ we played before. But I think we're really excited. You know, you get four uh, non-district games this year. Uh, to play those four teams, they're all really good teams, so I think it'll be uh, super exciting. All right, I'll read through this this new uh, playoff format, completely different from last year. Last year you had uh, eight teams per district, um, the winner of the district and the second-place team. There was a lot of fighting over, you know, if a, if a, a team that went 9-0 and but didn't play any good teams, they got to make it over a team that went 6-3 and but played all really good teams. So they completely did away with that. Um, there's nine districts with six teams per district. And the winner of each district gets an automatic bid, and the rest of it is up to an RPI system, uh, which is rating power index, I believe, um, which is just overall win percentage, opponents win percentage, and opponents opponents win percentage. So, you know, all this, all this new format and this new scheduling do you guys try to try to read into that a lot or do you gotta try to kind of ignore the noise and just take a week by week 
I would say ignore the noise. It's how we usually go by it. I mean, every game's a new season. If you don't win that season, it's kind of hard to make it to the playoffs. Because personally, I mean, what kid doesn't want to play more football? So the playoffs, I don't really like it, but it's what we got to deal with. So, and you have to play the hardest teams to get to the playoffs. So, like, you could have a team that goes have a one-loss season and a team with a two-loss could get in for them because exactly. they have a harder playoff or a harder schedule, and that suits us the best, I think. I think we've talked about it uh, every year that we've been in high school. You know, we take one game at a time, but I think this really forces you to not look past that week because every single game you play in the season matters. So you have to win that game every week, and that's the only one you can focus on. With uh, Cooper, let's talk real quick about uh, the backfield here in Glenwood this year. Um, don't really need to talk about schemes, quote-unquote, but talk about you know two returning guys, you and uh, Noah Carter. Um, two, I would say, different style backs. I would call him more of a power back, and you usually like to hit the edge and then breakaway speed, I think, is really there. Um, how's, you know, what's practice like uh, with you two back there, and then uh, you guys got some confidence moving forward? Yeah, I think it helps a lot. We also have uh, Zach Carr back there. He kind of brings another dynamic, you know, and running the ball options and stuff. But uh, Noah and I both kind of work on our strengths. We have to work on our weaknesses also. You know, we both practice running up the hole and both off the edge. So I think it'll help a lot. You know, two, like you said, are two different running backs. So we kind of bring a different attack to the game uh, each time one of us gets the ball. Well, I think one of the biggest staples of Glenwood football in the last two or three years at these playoff runs is the offensive line. And like I was saying earlier, it was the same guys every year. It's totally new this year. So on the offensive side of the ball, Cooper, you know, not only, you know, the backfield's an experienced uh, group of people, but, the you know, in front of you isn't necessarily an experienced, you know, varsity football. They don't have a lot of varsity football experience. So what what is it looking like, you know, with those guys up front and how they're going to, you know, replace the guys from last year? You know, Dylan Hopps still up there. He's kind of anchoring that line down right now. But they're all, I mean, they come along every day. Every day in practice I see them. They just, we get better and better with each passing day. I think that's a lot of credit to the coaches. I mean, they, we have a lot of time where they're just individually working on each play we run. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the plays, Noah and I just got to make them right. However they block, they just got to get in the way, and we'll, we'll try to make them right. Finally, you know, Go go through some uh, positions, guys, and you, I guess, you know, not really have to name the starters, but a couple guys each that's really been sticking out to you guys at practice. You know, who's who are some names out there that Glenwood isn't used to seeing on the field? Um, maybe some new guys that, you know, we can keep an eye on this year as fans. Yeah, I'd say on the defense side of the ball, we have fresh DBs this year. So, I mean, we got John Lee, he would be one of our safeties, and uh, Silas Bales, uh, Nick Gill even, he'd be one of our outside linebackers who's a he's a big boy, so I think he'd be pretty good and oh, we just got guys on defensive line that we haven't really decided yet, but you know, it's just we got a lot of fresh guys, especially our DBs with Ben Berkey, Ryan Leaf. That's what our main focus is because we play that man to man coverage, so it's really tough on those guys. You know, on offense, uh, new center, Connor Peterson, but I mean he's working hard all the time. I really think he'll be doing an awesome job up front. And our two receivers, uh, Ryan Bloom and John Palmer, you know, I see them every day. They stay after practice. They work hard all the time, and they've really been showing out this uh, Simpson camp we went to. And every day at practice, you know, they're competing all the time. So finally, you know, for the Glenwood fans, the boys talked about it a little bit earlier. 
uh, Coach Deepman. He's from Shenandoah. Um, I know personally I'm glad that he has got an opportunity to come to Glenwood. I think he's a good uh, addition to the program. And Coach Tark. Is that Tarks? Yep. Starks. And um, he's from Tri Center. Yeah, yes. So, you know, we got two former head coaches that come, you know, to Glenwood. Shows me two things. One, it's a good opportunity uh, for the players to learn under some more head coach experience type guys. And then, uh, second of all, I think it shows, you know, not only the Glenwood community, but the Glenwood sporting, uh, uh, especially for football, that they want to be a part of this program and uh, make a difference. So, you know, talk real quick about those two new guys and uh, how, how's it going with practice with them? Um, coach Deepman's a great guy. I mean, he's really, really smart. With especially, he's the linebacker coach specifically. So, when you see him and all the defensive coaches getting together, you know they got something cooking up pretty good for us. So, and he got, he reminds me of Coach Foss. He's very detail oriented, and he wants everything to be right. He wants us all look the same, look us look neat. And you know, he's just a guy that's he wants to get it done. Everybody needs to be moving, and we're just have a machine and a motor is what he tells us all the time. And that's what we're gonna do this season. I feel with him. I'm with Coach Deekman a little bit. Sometimes I go over and practice linebacker, and I'm kind of with Eli in that. He's a lot like Coach Foss. You know, Coach Foss' mantras do all the little details right all the time, and that's uh, Deekman, like, reflects that all the time. He wants you to do every little thing right because I think just the little things, I mean, that makes the whole big team play a lot better. Can you guys talk a little bit about, you know, now, now we're getting, you know, in the specifics. You have Carroll week one. I mean – it snuck up on us. It's it's a week from Friday. We're yeah. nine days away from game one. You guys kick off the season. Um, Carol's giving you guys a tough game every time you meet him. Um, and I like Kevin and I like to talk about, you know, with all these close games, not only in the playoffs, but last year, you know, they, they had had you guys on the ropes. You guys pulled out a great fourth quarter. One of the best, one of the most fun games that we've ever called. Right. Um, when Noah broke away that big run at the end. Um, but, uh, you know, we like to talk about, after all these close games, there might be a little bit of a rivalry there. Um, can can you guys just kind of touch on your not not necessarily your game plan? You obviously don't want to give anything away, but just kind of how you're how you're going into this you know first game, a team where you have you have to always have your head on a swivel because they could come up and surprise you like they almost did last year, and on the road you know a two and a half hour drive up there. What what do you, how do you guys uh, how do you guys approach this game? Well. I mean, we've played them three times in the past two years, so we, we know them pretty well, and they know us pretty well. So I'd say everybody's <laughs> mind has got to be right. They're, everybody has those first game jitters always whenever they get out there that first game. I always tell everybody, the first game's the one you're going to be the most tired. Well, and they're going to, you know, Carol's going to have first game jitters too. Exactly. Yeah. So I just tell the guys, I mean, whoever wants it more that night, especially with that type of game, it's, I mean, it's close no matter what. I mean, that's, if we just put our head to the grindstone, we're going to be pretty good against those guys. Carroll reminds me a lot of how TJ played. They don't always have like the super good players, but everyone plays hard every play. And they're always, they grind out every play. I mean, it's a tough game, always. It always comes down to the end, it seems like. And I mean, I mean, it'll be exciting to play them just like every other game we've had with them. Well, guys, uh, you know, talk about tomorrow. Um, what what time can Glenwood come uh, see you guys and support you guys? And um, are you guys, you know, is there... Um, you know, canned food drive, free will donation. What, what do we have going tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sure the last couple of years they've done, you bring canned food, you get it for free. So, but it's at 6 o'clock tomorrow, and it's going to be fun. we got a lot of new stuff to show Glenwood fans, and that's what we want to show them and show how physical we can be up on the line and 
up with our new backs. So it's going to be pretty good. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It was awesome. Uh, Black and gold scrimmage tomorrow night, Ram fans. Um, Be there. Come support our guys. Uh, Get a little preview of, of what they have to offer this year. And then next week, Gas up the cars, make the trip to Carroll, August 24th, Friday, August 24th. The Rams kick off their season. You'll see uh, Eli and Cooper here in action along with the rest of the Rams. Guys, thanks for coming on, uh, and good luck this season. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, having, for us. having us, guys. All right, guys, football is back. Uh, it's one of Nick and I's favorite uh, sports seasons of the, of the year. One of. Um, I, I mean, I'm up there with basketball for me, but football is definitely back. And, uh, you know, Nick – We'll start off real quick with what's your favorite thing about football season? Oh, man. That's a tough one. You know, it's um, – we have season tickets to Iowa State this year. So, you know, that that's probably going to be my favorite thing. Right. Um, just being there every game. Um, we, don't, we don't usually make it up to a lot of those games, but we plan on going to all of them this year. Um, but I would say my favorite thing is waking up on a Sunday morning – pulling up the fantasy team, turning on the NFL Sunday ticket, and sitting in the same spot for nine hours and watching every single game. I love that. That's that's all. I'm, I'm all about that. I don't know about you, but I, I, I can sit there and watch football all day long. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can agree with yours. Um, you know, as far as setting the fantasy lineups, always fun and stuff like that. Mine, um, my favorite thing about football for sure is college football season. And tailgating. Um, I mean, you and I kind of talked about it uh, off air. You know, whether you're at, in Glenwood, where we record from uh, the podcast always, or you're in Ames watching Iowa State, Nebraska, you know, at Lincoln, or, you know, uh, over there, over east, watching the Hawkeyes. Um, it doesn't matter where you're at, tailgating's fun. Uh, you, can, you can do it in your backyard, you can do it uh, anywhere you want, uh, but it's fun, you know, whether you're. You know, get, throw the football around with your friends, playing some bags. It's always, you know, my favorite thing about football because when you're such a, I would say, I don't know, passionate fan, you got to give yourself something to do before you start. Mm, and, exactly. um, you know, when you have that, you know, 2.30 or later game kickoff, you're waking up at 8 in the morning. You can't wait all day. To, to, you got to do to, something. Yeah, exactly. Um, that would go by fast enough. Yeah, so that's my favorite thing. Um, now, you talked about how much you like to watch your uh, all the games on Sunday. Uh, approximately, you know, how much do you spend watching football a week? I would say I'm up, gosh, you know, you think eight, six, seven, eight, nine hours on, from six to eight hours on Sunday, probably. Um, you know, I'll watch every Patriots game for sure, and I'll watch all the, the Iowa State games. Um, I would say Saturdays, I usually watch... Iowa State, depending on what time they play, and then usually the the night games, I can I can sit around on a Saturday night. I'm not usually Saturdays aren't like Sundays for me where I'll just sit inside all day and watch football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I'll watch I'll watch the Thursday night game, you know, and the Monday night game. What else is there to do on Thursdays and Monday nights? So you know I would say between you know you think eight hours on Sunday and then probably four or five on Saturday plus the two. Monday, you know, weeknight games. I'm thinking twenty plus probably, but I mean that's that's me. I'm that's that's all I do in the fall. So yeah, I don't, you know, I I can't say I don't do anything that you you weren't saying. You know, Monday night you enjoy it. Um, 
Thursday night football, I either watch the college or pro game. So, and those, unless it's my team, it's mostly, you know, flip back and forth. I'm not too concentrated, but it is on the TV. Uh, Friday night, you know, usually we got an hour and a half full of uh, high school uh, football. Yeah, I forgot about that, duh. And then I watch the Cyclones, and then usually I watch the night game if it is something good. But then Sundays, you know, it's it's a full boat. So, oh, yeah. yeah, putting it at 20 hours, I would say, uh, would probably be the norm this... uh, for us. Or I would say a typical, maybe, maybe not that would be a typical football fan, but uh, football guys for sure. This is interesting. I, I, I found this online. This is from the statistics portal. It says the uh, the statistic depicts the answers of U.S. adults. Approximately, how much time do you watch spend do you spend watching football on TV during the NFL season per week? Thirty one percent of male adults in the U.S. reported that they spend six to ten hours per week. So six to ten hours—that's two or three games. A third of the males in this country watch two or three football games. That's higher than I thought. Right. I mean, that's that that to say that to say that the Football isn't the most popular sport in America. To me, is idiotic. Yeah. And um, the thing is, I'd like to see that now, especially with fantasy football. Oh, yeah. I know with uh, females. I mean, my, my wife, uh, ever since she started watching or playing fantasy football with us, she's been glued to the TV on Sundays just about as I am. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, that's 31% of the males. I bet if we, there's a poll on the females as well. Well, there is. Be up there, is there? It says um, six to ten hours a week, females. It was 20, no, it was 23% of females. Watched, which is up there Which is still good. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's still a fifth of the population, you know, of the female population in America. So it was total 27%. So 30% of Americans watch at least two or three games of football a week. That's pretty high, I, I, I thought. Yeah. You know? With all the busy um, schedules and stuff like that. And you look, you know, and you look at... Uh, we we talk we always talk about you know how popular football is and you know the Super Bowl and everything. The average this this was interesting to me from this was TV ratings last year. The average football game, um, nationally televised football game. So that's the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game, and then also the couple on Sunday, right. the games of the week. So four or five per week. The average um, one of those, depending on the teams, obviously got between ten and twenty million viewers. 44 million people watched the AFC Championship game. Can you guess how many people watched the Super Bowl? This is in America alone. Gosh. <laughs> Over 100? 103 million people. So, the Super Bowl is so popular that it is two times the amount of the championship games and five times the amount of an average nationally televised football game. So, to say that football is losing its popularity... It's not, I would say. Well, many say the Super Bowl should be an American holiday. Yeah. I mean, you just... 103 million people <laughs> celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, holidays type, you know, activities that go on that people don't celebrate that much. And 100, over 100 million, <laughs> that's a lot. Um, they could definitely make a, uh, a case for that. Go okay. on. So, this is... This is the first podcast you and I have done. This is the first podcast I have done with you as a dad. Yeah. Um, Henry is five months five yesterday. Months. Yep. Five months old. Or, yeah, a couple, a couple days ago. I was a little late on my post. but <laughs> This will be his first football season. Yep. Um, so the question I have to you is, will you let Henry choose his own favorite football teams, or will he follow in your footsteps? I would assume he's already a Cyclone. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, thanks a lot of, you know, 
family and friends. He's always been, uh, I call, blessed with some Cyclone gear. Um, and then uh, you take a look around where we're recording this podcast in my basement. There's, you're surrounded by Cyclone memorabilia. He, he's pretty uh, brainwashed already in his early days <laughs> to be a Cyclone fan. Uh, I will say, as far as pro- professional goes, um, you know, he'd probably make his own decision. I think, you know, growing up, I just look back at, you know, my childhood. Uh, we were, you know, Cyclone, you know, boys from day one, me and my brother. But, you know, as far as professional goes, you know, he had a different pro team than I did. And so did my dad had his own. So, you know, we talked about that a little off uh, off the air last week where, you know, when you're not in a city prof- that has a professional team, especially for football that's so popular, um, your friends all have different teams. Where in college, it's three teams around here. Mm-hmm. Huskers, Hawkeyes, and Cyclones. So, professional sports, you know, I I guess, you know, I'll watch the Raiders, every Raiders game with uh, KO being on the team. But as far as Cyclones, uh, I'm hoping he's a Cyclone, and I think he might be brainwashed already. <laughs> Hard Knocks. NFL talk. You and I watched Hard Knocks last night. Um, saved most of our conversation for this. Didn't talk much about Hard Knocks last night. Um, for those of you who don't know what Hard Knocks is, it's a show on HBO. It's been airing. Well, I didn't know this. I brought this up last night. Since 2001, Hard Knocks has been on. That's 17 years. That is a lot yeah. longer than I thought. Um, it's basically just like a, what do you call it, a docu-series? Yeah, docu-series on um, uh, usually a team and usually a team that's either uh, struggling. struggling or a team that has what I call, um, you know, good clickbait, which, you know, They've had, you know, the Bengals on previous season, the Texans with J.J. Watt. You know, it, it's um, – they had Jameis Winston down there on the Tampa Bay Yeah, Bucks. the Bucks for last year. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a good show. Um, this year, it's with the Cleveland Browns, who haven't won a game since – It was like September of – 2016, November right? of 2016, yes. They've won one game in the last two seasons. 0-16 last year. Um First overall pick, right? Talk about clickbait. I mean, this team is, this team's interesting. But you know, we, I think the the most interesting thing, you know, we're covering two episodes here, um, the first and the second, was from that first episode, uh, and it kind of went viral. Jarvis Landry's speech um, in the wide receiver meeting. You know, he got up and it was pretty profane. We're not going to play it here because you know it had a lot of it had a lot of beeps. But uh, he got he got up in, in front of the wide receivers and said, "Look, if you're not if you're not injured, you better be practicing." And I kind of thought that was just a given in the NFL. You know, well, you, especially you early won, on, you you lost every single game last year, and we have guys that aren't practicing. That that shocked me when he when he was talking about that because it's like, you know, you guys are so far behind already. Mm-hmm. And and you have guys that are just sitting out. I, I don't I don't know exactly what because they didn't really elaborate on that. No, he like what he, he was really talking about. He wasn't going to point fingers on who was out, but he, he could tell he he had his eye on maybe not one or maybe a couple people. Um, but it had to be a receiver. Um, and going on to that, you know, I think it's uh, it's pretty good, but it surprised me as well because in the beginning of the year, these that's her job. These guys are these, these guys, guys are going to pay millions of dollars to practice, taking days off week one. Yeah. I mean, you know they're and if there's any team in the NFL that shouldn't be taking days <laughs> no. off, it's the Cleveland no. Browns. Yeah, it, it's that 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 conversation shocked me. I thought that was 
Uh, I couldn't believe that. One of the biggest things I, I took from, the, you know, the first couple of weeks was the different the different coaches you have in there now. Um, with Coach Haley uh, being their offensive coordinator from Oof. Pittsburgh Steelers. And then their defensive coordinator, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but they are both um, extremely... I would say loud characters. Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Defense coordinator. Uh, yeah, loud speak, to say the least, I would say. Speak their mind, which, you know, maybe that's what Cleveland needs, someone to jump on their rear ends instead of more of a player's type coach. But at the same time, uh, there's weapons there, and uh, with their head coach, you know, just he lost his mom. Wasn't that the weirdest thing? And his brother in like 10 days. And he didn't take a day off. I couldn't believe that he so Hugh Jackson loses his mom and his bro, his brother died in the first episode. His brother died two weeks prior, right. okay, yeah. and then his mom died a week later. It's like and and the guy is just like, oh yeah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. We'll work through it. We'll work through it. Yeah. You know, the the guy's uh um what what's the GM's name came in and and was talking about. Uh, well, you kind of saw too. That's what I liked about I liked about Hard Knocks. You see. You know, if you're you're not a super fan of Cleveland Browns, you never get to see or hear about a, you know a scenario like that. And Hard Knocks does a good job of really getting be, uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, and you know that's a personal thing. And it's uh, you know, gosh, I, I can't I imagine yeah. a camera in my face uh, if something like that ever happened. Well, and he was just and he, no one ever went in there and was like, dude. You need to leave for like a couple days. You know, go be with your family. Go go be with your sister. He was on the phone with his sister all the time. Go be with your sister. Go to the services, whatever. And then he's like, he's like, no, I'll, I'll I'll just keep working through it. I'll just keep working through it. It's like, I don't think that's healthy for for him. And and I don't think. And that's another thing you talk about with hard knocks. And and this is just you know whether you watch the show or not, it's so interesting. I don't think we understand how hard. These coaches work. I mean, they are in there six in the morning to midnight sun up every to sun single. Down minimum. Oh yeah, every single day. I don't think you know. I, I think it's. I think it's so fascinating to see like, you know, Hugh Jackson is in there. He just had two losses in the family, and he's up at six in the morning and they're watching film every day. It's just it. It shocks me how well, much you, those guys actually work. You see why they have such comfortable couches in there. They probably sleep quite a bit of nights. Oh, yeah. throughout the season in there in those rooms and uh, you know hard knocks we talked about this last night a little bit but um, for like the last you know two or three years when I've been really into both fantasy football and hard knocks at the same time I call it the hard knocks fantasy guy where you get attached to some guy in hard knocks who you had no idea about normally and you're thinking Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna snake this pick, you know, late round. He's gonna be good. Three or four games of the season, dude's got no output. Exactly. So, um, well, and I, that that's what I brought up last year. I was like, yeah, Hard Knocks always makes these teams sound better than they are. You know, you're like, man, they have they have Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry and you know Miles Garrett and you know, oh my God, I feel like if they did that for any team, you'd be like, wow, this team's really good. You know, you'd be, oh my God, they have so many weapons. It's like. You don't know if they do. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see Yeah. and move on to, you know, what players, coaches do you like or not like. I hate Todd Haley. I think he's an idiot. You know, what was he making fun of? Uh, he was making fun of Carl Nassib last night. He's like, oh, we're going to name this kid Carl. Oh, why is his name Carl? It's like, 
nobody was laughing at him. Either. Yeah, everyone was just kind of looking at him. I, I think he's, I think he's. A, yeah, his, his coach like that. Um, like I said earlier, I think that's why they brought him in there because they might have had you know more player coach type of coaches in there, mm-hmm. and they really need someone to turn around um, a winless season. As far as uh, one of my favorite players I've liked so far, I mean, Jarvis Landry is fun to watch, but he's already a guy that's been up there and you know about. that. The tight end, I'm starting to you know keep my eye on. Njoku? Njoku. Caught a couple touchdowns. They had a good, if you watched uh, season two, or the episode two last night, they did a really good job on um, you know showing at practice he was missing all these balls, all these catches. He stayed afterwards, had to catch 30 balls off the jugs machine. And then goes and catches two touchdowns the very next preseason game. Really good game. snags, too. So, uh, you know, that's probably my, the player I'm watching the most. Uh, coaches, you know. Uh, I don't have an, I don't know about Hugh Jackson yet. I don't know if, like, he I would just say seems they, to they me really like, must enjoy his, his uh, him there being the players. You know, I know the front office guys, it's not his hire, so he's kind of on a hot seat now. Um, but, you know, I, I guess – I got a lot of respect for the guy after, you know, we just talked about the losses he had mm-hmm. and still was in there just grinding. Uh, you know, it's it I just the don't coaches, know. I can't imagine coaching yeah. in the NFL. Well, and it was coaching in high school tennis was hard enough. Yeah. So let alone <laughs> the NFL, I can't imagine. But so. it was just like it was like, you know, last night at the very end of the episode he had the he had the whole deal where he was like, We are we're jogging and we're not we're walking to the to the huddle and we're walking to the line and blah blah blah. It's like that seems like high school stuff to me. Like I would just assume NFL professional football players getting paid ten million or six million dollars a year would be hustling to the line. I couldn't believe like there were so many things that I just was like I figured that stuff was a given, you know? Yeah. And you know, he sounded like a high school football coach. Like why are, why aren't we why aren't we hustling to the ball? You know, why aren't we running to the to the to the goal line? It's like why aren't they doing that? You know, as a culture, especially as the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you guys have won. They're one in thirty-one in their last two seasons. You heard Tyrod Taylor. There's like a little like a mic drop. I call it mm-hmm. when they you know pan over to him on the sideline, and he was talking to Hugh Jackson about it. Talking about you know that is the culture of them. So they have bad habits. That's you know that's said. that is yeah. what it is. That's why they're you go to a winning team. You, the coach probably doesn't need to say that. No, every team. I don't care what level it is. You go to a spurt where you have a bad practice. Oh, yeah. And maybe, you know, they're getting views. I mean, they have a week's worth of film, and they have to get it down to an hour. Mm-hmm. They're going to put the best thing out there. So, um, it, and, and that's the thing, like, and I talked about it last night. I love Tyron Taylor. I think he's great. I, I, I liked him before Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a pretty good quarterback. Took the Brown or took the Bills last year. They, they won, what, nine, ten games? Took him to playoffs. the playoffs, just about beat the Jaguars. Um, so I, I think he's a pretty good quarter. I thought he was a great sign, even before Hard Knocks. And then now, you know, he was talking about he's like he's like yeah you, you know he's talking to Hugh Jackson. He's like yeah you got to take a video of these guys and show them that they're not hustling the ball. Mm-hmm. I think it was good for them to bring in a guy from a team that has won before to know like these are bad habits and these are these are losing habits you know and he's like you know we we didn't do this at wherever no. at bill's practice or wherever he was before Raven, um, ravens and yeah, bills yeah he and, and he knows that those are bad habits because they didn't do them at winning teams so i think i think that was a great sign sign for them 
So they have the over-under you have here at five and a half, and I guess I'm just scrolling barely through their schedule at a glance, and I will say under, and I... Oh, I'm taking hard I, I don't think it's... Five and a half up from zero last year? Yeah, that would be a win. I mean, they had some good signs. I mean, yeah. they, they had Jarvis Landry led the league in receptions with smoking Jay Cutler as his, as his quarterback in Miami last year, but, you know, they... I don't... The, that division isn't terribly, you know, the, the Bengals aren't good. Um, the Ravens should be in the in contention yeah. for a playoff spot. Good, great defense. The Steelers should be in the top three teams in the AFC. Um, so they have to play those teams each twice. Uh, I don't, I don't see them winning six games. No way, in my opinion. We have now preseason football talk. Uh, you know, as far as we watching it, I do. Uh, I talked about that a little bit off air too. You know, preseason football for me is great only because we've gone, I don't know how many months, about six months without football, five or six months without any football. And so the first time you can watch, I can sit in my basement, turn on the TV and watch football on the screen, I watch it. Uh, another reason I like to get into preseason football is fantasy football. Uh, if Without fantasy football, I'm probably not watching preseason. But at the same time, you and I talk about a lot with the uh, preseason football, you can get some late round draft picks for fantasy. So yeah. that's my take on preseason. Well, and that's that's what I was. I don't watch it normally, um, as much as I love the NFL and as much as I watch football. Um, I've always thought the preseason games were at weird times. You know, put them on a Sunday afternoon. Let me flip between the golf tournament and the preseason football game. I don't like the whole. You know. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Tuesday night, whatever it is, yep. you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna watch them on those nights, um, especially in the summer. So I would, I would say, you know, I, I wish they were at a better time, but uh, I don't, I don't watch a ton of it. And that was my question to you for someone who do does watch a lot of of preseason football. You know, how much can you take away from the preseason? You talked about maybe some late round fantasy draft picks, but you have starters playing one quarter. Yeah, so or how much can you, one yeah. one series even? Uh, they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll just they'll, or they'll just completely sit out. You know, what I like to watch, what I take from I guess preseason football is I like to watch the rookies play. Uh, that's a big part because usually whether you're the number one overall pick or not, you're playing more than a couple series. I mean, you I think uh, well Baker played about two two different uh, quarters. He and, played a great uh, game too. I was impressed. So you know, I like to watch that as far and then you know K out. I was watching KO, they go down, have one drive, and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, then I, you know, I look at guys who they signed, guys who were injured the year before. I, you just got to kind of find a storyline and watch that storyline before the game instead of really watching the game like a normal game, I guess. Yep. Um, and, 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 yeah, I, I just I just wonder, you know, we talk about, you talked about the, the draft picks and, and whatever. You know, it's, it's a chance to see... All season, you know, all college football season, especially in the spring when the draft's rolling around, these guys are the headlines. You know, it's yep. it's the it, it's the rookies that are the headlines, and the preseason is a chance to see those rookies play professional football, as opposed to where they probably won't start. You know, I don't see the Browns starting Baker Mayfield. The only the only quarterbacks I could see starting, I'm sure uh, Sam Darnold will start in New York, and I'm sure Josh Rosen will start in Arizona, eventually. Yeah, I Josh think. Allen will probably. I've I I heard Josh Allen isn't doing so hot. I haven't watched him yet, but you know that that's the thing. Like 
you hear all this talk about, especially a guy like Josh Allen. He came from Wyoming. No one watched him in college. I think the preseason's kind of fun to be like, we finally get to watch this guy that we've heard about in the news on right. the front page of ESPN oh, yeah. every single week. Yeah, so. I watched him play Nebraska. I think it was either two years ago um, when the Wyoming played Nebraska. But, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on preseason. Um, you know, fantasy football roll top. We'll probably have an episode. Um, so we're not going to go too much into that. But that's something, you know, weeks away. So, like I said, I guess as a, I'm not saying I'm a professional fantasy player, but um, something if you want to watch preseason, watch those, you know, those guys and, you know, watch how many times they're targeted, how many touchdowns they catch. Cause, In mock draft? Uh, I don't, I'm not a big mock drafter. I might either. start this year just for fun. Um, my brother enjoys it. I have a lot of guys in my fantasy league that will do mocks daily. And they've been doing it for probably two weeks. So I'm not that crazy about it. Because um, at the end of the day, you have no control over who picks the Well, and that's you. the thing. Like it's, it, I feel like it's generally the same every year. Well, it's you know? just pretty much what it helps you out is if you're like pick four, uh, it kind of... And that's another thing. You don't know your draft order yet. Well, we do. Oh, you do? So, we, yeah, we have a draft fantasy... Um, get together thing. What pick are you? I am fifth in a ten man league. So That's rough. Uh, Snake, I don't mind it. You're always in the middle of the pack. If you're first, you know, if you're first, you don't get. You have the first player and the eleventh or the what eighteenth best player, nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, it, it's it is what it is. You know, you you can't go too in depth with it, but it's just yeah. I I don't know. I don't mock, but you know. A lot of people like it. I've, I've only tried it like once, but I just, you know, I, I feel like it's easier to just go with the next best player, usually. You know, we had a guy in our league last year, he auto-drafted and won the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I feel like people overthink it and overdo the, the research and the mock drafting where it's just like, if you just pick the next best guy on the list, you're probably going to be pretty good off. Right. You know? Yeah. They might have a bad week, but... Yeah, it's it's... It is what it is. It's 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 preseason fantasy fake football. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <laughs> and, and, but that's that goes back. That that's a good point. That goes back right to what I was talking about earlier. America is obsessed with football to the point where they will do preseason fantasy fake football. Yeah. I mean, that is that is, that's what we're that's the point. I was, we're I was right checking now. out my phone on uh, the games this week. I didn't realize there there's lines you. On games here, you where you can bet. Oh yeah, preseason football. You can bet. Well, did you see the the Giants and uh, Browns game? Because uh, they legalized sports betting. You know, across apparently in New York they did it. The the federal the federal government lifted the ban on sports betting, so it's up to the states now. I'm not sure if it's legal in Iowa yet. No, not yet. Um, it is in New York. It said for the first time ever, fans could place bets at the game on their phones. So as the game was going on, they could get on an app and place a bet while they were at the game. Moneymaker. Isn't that incredible? It's a, yeah. I mean, at a preseason game, too. Yeah. Where you know, even Between if you're a true fan. Between the two worst teams in football last year, the Giants and the Browns are the two worst records. And they're placing bets on a preseason game. So they got the number one and number two pick overall. Isn't that incredible? I, I couldn't, that, that. It's crazy. Yeah. But people do it. College football preview next week, uh, folks. For those of you who were hoping we talk college football this week, we're saving it. Um, next week it all starts Thursday night or 
Saturday, Saturday of next week, a week from Saturday, there's some games. And then, so we're going to pretty much, we're going to try to get, well, you know, we had two guests in this week. We're going to try to get a couple guests in next week. We won't tell you who that is right now because we're not 100% sure. But we're going to try to get a Hawkeye and a, uh, and a Husker in here along with us and our Cyclones uh, to talk, you know, in depth of each team, break down the schedules. Nick and I will give our win-loss previews for Iowa State, Iowa, and Nebraska, and hopefully our fans of the other teams will as well. Um, so you know, we'll leave it at that. It's yep. going to be a fun. It'll, year. it'll be it'll it'll be a fun season. Uh, Full time out. We're amping it up this year. Like well, like we said, um, you know, we had a guest. We had guests in this week. We're trying to almost make that a weekly thing. Yep. Um, you know, you, we know you guys don't like to hear us talk every single week. Um, so we, you know, we'll have we'll hopefully maybe get some more Glenwood football players in here as the season goes along. Possibly get a coach on. Um, and then, like you said, we don't feel like we're qualified to talk about Nebraska and Iowa football that much. So we're going to get some real fans in here. And uh, that's another thing. If you are interested on coming in, if you are a Hawkeye fan and you want to come argue with us, or if you're whatever and you feel like you have an opinion on whatever it may be, right. um, DM us. We just made a Twitter page at the full time at full time out pod or email us full time out podcast at gmail. Dot com. Give us a follow. Give us a retweet. We'll have the episode up, you know, uh, shortly this afternoon. Shortly this afternoon, and we'll get it up on that Twitter, and hopefully uh, get some followers, get some get some listeners. Uh, what'd you say? Subscribe, rate us. Yeah, SoundCloud, subscribe, uh, iTunes. SoundCloud, iTunes. You know, full time out. Uh, search it up. Hit subscribe. Uh, that's how we get our viewership and how we know, you know, our traffic wise. Um, for you guys, that way we know you know what's the best time to put out the podcast. Nick and I will be recording at, on the nights this uh, year. It'll be fun. Uh, like I said, uh, season three, it, we're getting better at this each and every time. And um, like Nick said, you guys want to be interested on being in on the podcast? We're open to anybody. Open. Also topics. You guys have a topic for us. Let if us know. If you guys want to come argue with me about Tiger Woods, <laughs> then come argue with me about Tiger Woods. I'll do that all day. Finally, tune in GlenwoodSports.com for coverage of Glenwood High School football, volleyball, all that stuff. Um, GlenwoodSports.com has been the place for Glenwood Athletics for years on years. You and uh, I, they are day one. Yep. You and I will be uh, in Carroll next week. Yep. Uh, on the call, GlenwoodSports.com. Tune in. Um, we'll have that next week. We'll have it all season, every game. You can find it on GlenwoodSports.com, YouTube Live. Um, the link will be on the homepage next week when the Rams travel to Carroll to take on the Tigers. Um, we'll hopefully have a podcast, another episode before then. Um, but like like I said, we'll we'll probably be I'll probably be dropping a preview article for uh, Glenwood football later later this week or possibly next week. Um, so just tune in to GlenwoodSports.com. We we got it all there. That's a wrap, folks. Thank you guys for joining us here. On Season 3, Episode 1. I appreciate it. Nick appreciates it. Absolutely. Keep tuning in. Tune in weekly here on The Full Time Out. <laughs>